Welcome to the Truth to Power Show on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm your host, VJR Nathan, and uh, we have a special airing today of uh, the Truth to Power Show, which usually airs on Mondays at 8 a.m., but today it's Friday, September 11th, 2020, at 7 p.m. And now we're interviewing or talking with Nahid Mukhtari, Dr. Nahid Mukhtari. She is a scientist, evolutionary mystic, and a lover. Her passion is igniting the unique creative spirit within each heart to express itself to its own truth. Welcome, Dr. Heed. Thank you, my dear. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you. Thank you, thank you. So why don't we start the conversation off a little bit about the creative spirit and how we can how we as the as the uh, practitioners can ignite that, ignite our creative spirit ignite our passions um what are some methodologies used to helping us to really crack open the heart and having us live authentic lives especially in these tumultuous times with uh you know so much so much of this covid anxiety so much of this anxiety around what's going on with our country with our future um reflections on the past pain of the past, all these different factors kind of have a, a deep impact on the psyche, but we want to really connect with our heart and really connect with our creative spirit. And when we get a little bit into in the context of this um, tumultuous times, how we can do that. Well, this is a deep well, you know, to to drink from <laughs> the the whole question and the way you brought it up and i would say we have been habituated uh, as humanity as a human species to always look for the tools and this is the characteristic, the property of being and having conscious mind. When I spoke of well, I realized we are that well. We only need to go in instead of like looking for a capsule or a pill or a drop or a tool, something outside of ourselves to, to calm, to relax, to be at peace and rest in this home, in this embodiment that we are. We are. So, when we talk about tools, I don't know if I am the right person to ask that question. But uh, I would say what has worked for me, because what I've been looking for, the tools, you know, to 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 learn more to learn more and somehow oh, be 
at peace with what is going on in me. But I did all of it, Vijay. It didn't work. I did it. I had a degree. I became a great wife, a great achiever, and I succeeded. But you know what? What you are calling a tool, I called it a treasure that we already have access to, but we don't know how to open and where to go to find that treasure box. And since the topic of our conversation today is about awakening, igniting that creative spirit within the heart. So it's like we are already saying, well, we all have heard it. It is within our own heart. But how do we have access to that? How would we drink from that well? And and not be so thirsty for the truth outside of ourselves. This is the dilemma that I found in my life with Jane. I had so much pain in my heart. I had so much trauma in my own life. Even though on the surface, you know, I had it all, you know. That I numbed my heart. I shut down my heart because I didn't know if I would start feeling and sensing, feeling my heart, my feelings, and sensing all the sensation in this body. What would I experience? How would I deal with this intensity and the depth of pain? I didn't know. So I know that I consciously shut my heart down because I couldn't help my mother and uh, the way she was dealing with all of us with not enough, mm, you know, financial abundance and with so many kids. So because for the love that I have for mom and the way as I was even, you know, less than 10, I was feeling everything that she was feeling and I was helpless to help her. So out of my loving for my mom, I didn't, I didn't want to say how I was feeling and I was feeling her and I, I kept quieting, you know, it's like suppressing those feelings and not to add to my mom's pain out of my loving. I, I really shut down my whole sensitivity. Mm. And because I had to survive in the world, I developed what was required out of me in the culture, not all 
only in the Persian culture that I was raised and mature. I was 40 when I came here, 33 years ago. So, and then I continue doing what I was doing because that's what this culture required of me as well. So until, until by chance, I would call it, I came up across another one who was aware of the affairs of the heart and was telling me that, well, I was looking in the wrong direction, looking for all what success looked like in my eyes in the world. Because uh, I had it all and I was feeling empty, you know. Empty and meaningless. It's like all this effort for what? Yeah. So like there's always a judging mind, a critical mind that tells us based on society's expectations that we should be a certain way, we should constantly be producing or we should constantly be achieving or we should constantly be, you know, a machine almost, not a human being. We should be Hallelujah. a machine that constantly producing material rather than uh, a human being who feels and thinks. Yeah, and, and feels and, and... I call it know. creating mm. result machine. Mm. Whatever result is in the eyes of the world, mm. everyone else, not the truth, of that which is having an experience here. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. that truth, what we have called human being, you just said it, how we have been conditioned to mm. think and believe, versus that human being is embodiment of the desired of divine to express itself in the world, in its creation, in this embodiment, in this form that we are. So do you see that if we could have a new paradigm, an understanding of who we are and uh, have our focus and attention there to really cultivate that within our being. Mm. We would be totally living a different life yeah. because what we are living, we have been, we have inherited that mm. life. It is not ours. It's, it's has expired, but we are just clinging onto it. And that is causing the pain, the anger, the anguish that all of us are experiencing right now. Mm. It feels like uh, for many people, their careers, their jobs is the main stage, whereas their personal lives are like the sideshow. Like they're not really invested in developing good relationships with their family, developing good relationships with their with their peers. Instead, it's like, oh, I got to produce results to the company. I got to, you know, that's the main product in which I'll be remembered by or like whatever it is, whatever industry you work in or whatever uh, work you do. That's my main work, whereas, you know, being nice to the cashier is like, oh, just some 
sidelong thing that I do on the way to work, you know, and I feel like we should awaken to the fact that every moment is an act of creation. Every dialogue we have, every interaction is that creation, that creator energy should flow through it. Yeah. What do you feel about that? And what does that kind of invoke in you or, or stir in you about, you know, these um, prioritizing every day, every moment, you know, from the being the creator energy, bringing that creator energy into our day-to-day -day life, yeah. Interesting. If, if we will have this understanding of what we, our consciousness at this moment, have access to it as who we are, the life that we would be living, I would say I can express it through this poem. This is, this is my experience. You would see who you are. You would know how to treat, not even your family and the cashier, but the one who is living here and is experiencing the creation this beauty that we are. Mm -hmm. As I began to love myself, because that is that what this new understanding of who we are would give you access to the truth of the loving that you are. As I began to love myself, I found that anguish and emotional suffering are only warning signs that I was living against my own truth. Today I know this is authenticity. As I began to love myself, I understood how much it can offend somebody as I try to force my desires and this person, even though I knew the time was not right and the person was not ready for it. And even though this person was me, mm. I call it today respect. Mm. As I began to love myself, I stopped caring for a different life. And I could see that everything that surrounded me was inviting me to grow. Today I call that maturity. To know that the universe does not give us what we want. It would give us what we need to grow and unfold to that truth. As I began to love myself, I understood that at any circumstance, I am in the right place at the right time and everything happens at exactly the right moment. So I could be calm and sentient. Today I call that self-confidence. Mm. 
as I begin to love myself. I quit stealing my own time. And I stopped designing huge projects for the future. Today, I only do what brings me joy, happiness, things I love to do that makes my heart cheer. And I do them in my own way, in my own rhythm. Today I call that simplicity. It's that easy. As I began to love myself, I freed myself from anything that is no good for my health, like food, people, things, situations, and everything that drew me down and away from my own truth. At first I called this attitude a healthy ego. Today I know it is love of oneself. As I began to love myself, I quit trying to always be right. And ever since, was wrong less of the time. <laughs> Today, I discovered that is modesty. As I began to love myself, I refused to go on living in the past and worry about the future. Now I only live for the moment where everything is happening. Today, I live each day, day by day, and I call it fulfillment. As I began to love myself, I recognize that my mind can disturb me and it can make me sick. But as I connected it, as I connected it with my heart, my mind became a valuable ally. Today I call this connection wisdom of the heart. We no longer need to fear arguments, confrontation. We don't need to fear that any kind of problem with ourselves or others. Even if stars collide and out of their crashing, new worlds are born. Today, I call that life. Well, my dear, BJ, I hope that I made my point clear thank you thank you yes and i think that what kind of conjured up in me was um the question of the last episode we did with um another guest we do talked a little bit about the idea that the universe is conspiring in our favor um and talking a little bit about how the universe 
um, kind of acts in a way in which we relate with in a moment-to-moment -moment basis. And we can kind of see how, uh, you know, we're relating with the universe, relating with the movement of our lives in a positive light and, and finding that fulfillment, finding that affirmation, finding the affirmation. So the question basically has, has to do with, um, you know, the thesis that the universe is conspiring in our favor. And what do you feel about that? What do you feel about, um, you know, kind of relating with that moment-to-moment -moment basis so that then we form that thread so that then we can then, you know, when we look at our lives in a bird's-eye view, we create a story around it. We create a story or a narrative around our lives, <laughs> our, our years, our, our moments. Uh, we're stringing together individual moments to create a thread or a garland that we're creating a story about. But actually, that story is very much open to our interpretation and that openness allows that affirmation that that uh inconclusivity allows that affirmation allows room for that affirmation i would say wow that makes thank sense. you for uh, alluding into this because when you talk about positive and affirmation i could not relate to that yeah but when you said it all connected to our own interpretation. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's what so I interpret, yeah. Is, so what is the truth then? Yeah, I mean, I think there is no objective truth. We just only the way we see things, the way we choose to see things, the way we we make a powerful choice to be affirming and to to give that affirmation not only to ourselves and our self love, but to our communities as well. Let that love. Ripple, ripple out towards us. And that love, yeah. my dear, yeah. has so many faces, mm. has so many expressions, mm. because love is the nature of reality. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's the binding oh. energy. The binding so, energy. Yeah. It binds so us together. So I ask the question. Yeah then what do we do with not only positive, not we, what we call light mm. and spiritual? How do we deal with the anger, mm. the rage, the fear, the disappointment, mm. what we call dark? Mm. How do we deal with that? what I am getting from this conversation, that we understood that the universe, us, we all are made of energy. Mm. Energy is neutral. Mm. And as you said, based on our interpretation, our perception, the one who is sitting here and is experiencing it, we gave it meaning. Mm. And I would say that energy by itself is the source that we came from with an intention 
to have an experience here as human being. Mm. And if I would allow and surrender to that energy and allow it to experience itself through me, through all its faces, love and fear, sadness and joy, pain and pleasure, contraction and expansion. Mm. If I allow to be the space for that experience, being grounded in that knowing, centering in the knowing that who I am, the energy, that of the source that is expressing itself through me as a creation and creator is having an experience of itself, then do you know what would happen? We wouldn't have the dilemma that we all are dealing with today in the world. Which is fair BS base because none of us, you and I, we have not, we do not know how to deal with the fear, with that dark energy mm. that is coming from the source because it has to go through me that I, BJ, I, Nahid, would bring the light of consciousness into it. Otherwise, it would persist being here. Mm. I wonder if what I'm saying makes any sense to you. Yeah, I think that uh, we have that ego aspect to ourselves that thinks that knows everything, thinks that I'm just... Hallelujah! Yeah, and then we have to allow that ego to surrender itself to the energy, to that larger energy that, you know, one lifetime, you know, is is a minuscule amount in the in the... A huge ocean of, of time mm. and that uh, the experience mm. you've gathered, the ego has ex gathered in this lifetime is insufficient to deal with the, the flow and energy that is timeless, that is time, time without time or outside of time or with, with endless time. And uh, I think what I'm getting from what you're saying is that, you know, when we surrender, we truly surrender, we let go to of our feeling, to our, to our, our energy. Feeling. Energy, energy cannot be seen, only can be felt and sensed. Yeah, yeah. When we surrender to our own feeling and sensing, we access the well yeah. of the creation, yeah. the source. When you think about, I just recently got a cat, and I was like looking at the cat and thinking about how these beings, animals, and beings exist without like the language that we have, that the conscious chitter chatter, they're just stating in a state of being, which is, you know, more pure, I think, than the kind of chitter chatter we have in our thinking minds and uh, our judging minds or critical minds thinking that, you know, because we have language skills, we, we know everything, we are able to articulate everything. And we were the uh, masters of this whole uh, endless energy source that is, uh, so vast, so powerful, so um, so large. You know, it's so it's it's beyond words. You know, it's beyond any kind. Of, just experience, we experience the flow of it. I think you know. Look how Rumi 
says that no better love than love with no object. Do you get the essence of this? Yeah. No better love than love with no object. Mm. It's like you will experience your own essence, mm. your own truth, yeah. not anything outside of you. Because when you do that, you are in it. You are one with it. Mm. No more satisfying work than work with no purpose. If you could give up tricks and cleverness, that would be the cleverest trick. Mm. If you could give up your tricks and cleverness, that would be the cleverest trick. Did you get what he's saying? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I've been thinking about goalless or objectiveless uh, pursuits where you don't have a specific objective, like, you know, like a range of objectives rather that we're open to many things happening, but we're fully engaged, fully, um, yeah, fully engaged, fully committed to uh, the process rather than the product, rather than saying I must have number one slot in this uh, competition or I must have, you know, uh, the biggest prize. I must be the better than others. We think I must, you know, best my own uh, self-doubt, my own, uh, my own questioning, my own uh, negative energy. So that struggle would that you, we struggle with. Would you with, please yeah. repeat this part that you said? So the struggle so, is uh, the struggle is with ourselves rather than with competitors. You, you know, said something about the process and product. Would you please repeat that again? Sure. Um, so I was saying. We're committed to the process rather than the product. You know, we're committed to engaging with the process. Um, we're committed to fully committing ourselves to the process, so that then moment to moment we're fully engaged, rather than worrying about the future results. Uh, we're fully engaged in each moment to moment arising, which is part of the process, as opposed to the future, which is the product. You know, we we commit ourselves to the process. Is what I was saying, yeah. How are you proposing that uh, at this time where we all are on planet Earth, yeah. is it the time to pay attention more to the process? That's yeah. what you are saying. Yeah, yes. yeah. So I yeah. think like, and also in individual lives, you know, like when we think yeah. about um, yeah. any task that needs to get done, you know, instead of thinking about the completion of the task, and when is it going, how am I going to further or quicken the process to get to the result? We think about committing ourselves fully to the process so that each moment. What does it mean? That, what does that mean to you? What you are saying, committing to the, to the full process. What, what are you talking about? Yeah, I Would mean you? like in any work endeavor or any, like uh, if I was writing an article, if I was writing a poem or writing a, uh, a book or or if I was working on any project it's like we're always thinking oh, I have to finish it I have to finish it yeah. which is in the future which is mm. a future result um, whereas in each moment to moment where we should be fully committed to doing the best we can overcoming self-doubt overcoming self-question negativity to commit to that moment to moment and even when we have the product it's still something needs to be done something more needs to be done so it's always why part of the process say, yeah. why would you say that is the case 
Uh, yeah, I think the tendency in people is to feel like uh, get approval from others, you know, get, get that approval from others. And uh, people only approve when, you know. And in the midst product, of yeah. that, yeah. we would miss the approval mm. of the self. Yeah, exactly. And then we wonder why I am dealing with so much stuff. Mm. Because I am not allowing the energy to, to flow. Mm. And uh, no one else is doing it either. So we all are bubbling it in. And uh, it has to come out from somewhere. And that's what is happening. Yeah. Because this is the time that the cosmic heart is awakened. We are part of the whole game of the creation. And uh, I am, how would I say, optimistic? Or I have this deep knowing of, it's like everything, every day is getting better. Even though we are facing frustration, fear, disappointment, loneliness, anxiety, all of that. But this is the part of the awakening that the cosmo is in the process of getting to know itself at a different dimension. And we are part of this game. Mm. So I either, I participate, I align with the frequency that is happening already. And for that, you know what is required from us? To allow, to face the frustration, the disappointment, the loneliness, mm. the not enoughness. Mm. When we only do that, not dismissing it, mm. but facing it, we allow the energy to flow and we come out of that. I have another poem. I know your poetic nature. <laughs> and uh, which it talks about the place where hope begins. Thank you. Thank that you. talk about exactly what we are talking about. I feel it's very timing for the time that we are together. Thank you. Thank you. The poem is from Jeff Foster. But I, I, before I read the poem, I want to say this, that hope is hopeless. If there is no agency, if there is no you and I to experience it and take action from that place. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So let's, at least we will have, we will be in integrity with our own peace if we would allow that. This is how it goes. Sometimes you have to lose all hope 
in order to find hope. I feel the COVID-19 is here to help us mm. in that regard. Here, a breath away from suicide, a breath away from the void, a breath away from the last breath. When we go there, you remember here, in this place of utter despair, hope is realized. Forged in the fires of old life. Nowhere else, here. Presence is infused with hope. Not the hope of the mind, not a mentally constructed hope of fantasy and projection and second-hand promises from well-meaning guides, spiritual guides, gurus, or gods. A hope infused with possibility, with open endings, new beginnings, rebirthing, and transformation. A hope as old as time and even prior to time. But first, sometimes, friend, you need to lose all hope. You need to actually digest the hopelessness. Digest the hopelessness and despair. The loneliness and deep self-doubt that you feel today. You need to enter the dark cave of yourself and begin to illuminate what you find with understanding, the, with the curiosity of loving that moment. You need to travel deep, the unknown today, into the wild woods of the psyche, into the madness, nakedness, and aloneness, with no guide, with no promise. If you run from your despair, it will haunt you forever. That's where we are now. Mm. But if you face it, if you turn towards it, if you turn towards it, even though you are terrified today, if you begin to inhabit it with your attention, breathe into this despair, irradiate this hopeless place. Yes, it sounds crazy. Yes, they will probably call you mad to help with others and what they think. Flush this hopelessness with an adventurous awareness. Drench it with your kindness, your attention. You are looking now. Let hopelessness be here. Let the darkness have a home in you and find your home in darkness too. Because one with the darkness 
and then you will know a light brighter than a trillion supernovas. For the light will be you. You are only finding yourself. There is nowhere else to go. Your conquer hopelessness, not by fleeing, but by facing. You scream out to the heavens, it's utterly hopeless. I am done. And behold, the clouds of illusion apart, and now a great light of hope, a hope only the ones who have faced their hopelessness, they know. Thank you, thank you. A hope that is not the opposite of despair, but it's great mother. <clears throat> that hope that holds you in your arm, in her arm, always. That lets you weep when you need to weep. Rage when you need to rain, rage. And that lets you be silent when you're tired of wars. That lets you die when you need to die. To live when you need to live. Rebirth yourself when you are exhausted with the old self. You cannot kid yourself that you are hopeful but you can digest your hopelessness today and you can begin again here and you. This is the last part of it. In a new moment, on this new ground, you can feel your feet on the sacred earth. You can breathe in, out. I create. I release my creation. In, I receive. I release my perception. You can remember that you do not know a damn thing. Mindfulness yes, emerges of the ashes of despair. Feel your heart fully. This is the place where hope begins. Thank you. Hmm. So I would say, um, yeah, it's very affecting. And I think that, um, you know, we had the idea that we plan out. We, we have an idea that we know everything for what's best for ourselves that we know we have everything planned out, that we're like, our life is going to go according to certain uh, structural acts, that we're going to follow certain scripts, and we want this, we want that, and the universe doesn't listen to our scripts, or if they do, uh, it's, not, it's not, when it happens, when things manifest, uh, they're very different in reality than in our imaginations, and you know, the reality unfolding, the folding of the universe's energy is a powerful um, experience that we all experience. But um, 
we should also come to that energy and we should allow, we should permit, we should, um, we're, by permitting, by allowing, we have more power, we have more, we accept the truth that we're not in control, we accept the truth that we're just, we're not the um, primary actor, but the receiver of this energy. This is beautiful, Vijay. You ask about the tool. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. And the tool. Everything you describe, all I was present to is feel. This is the tool. Yeah. And it's not external, it's within your being. Feel all that you can feel. Mm. Allow there, there to feel all that you feel. This is the medicine. This is the truth. This is the place that the power would be ignited mm. in you. Thank you. To become that being that creatively unfold mm. into the creation. Moment by moment. Yeah. And it's effortless. Only when we get out of our limited perception and feel all that I am, the despair, the hopelessness, the mm. fear. Then, I know the truth that encompasses all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of lot to unpack and a lot to think about for us to reflect on. I just want to tell the listeners again, this is the Truth to Power show and Radio Free Brooklyn. Normally we are at Mondays at 8 a.m., uh, but today we're doing a special episode on uh, September 11th. Um, so just to connect with what you were saying about how the process that I'm speaking with Dr. Nahid Mukhtari. Uh, this is VJR Nathan. Um, so you're talking a little bit about how the power of the universe, the power of both negative and positive energy and how these labels are just ways of understanding, but not necessarily um, the way things are. They're more like labels or ways of understanding, ways of approaching different processes that unfold within our lives moment to moment. Uh, we're experiencing something that we label as negative. We label as anxiety. We label as, oh, this is destructive energy. This is horrible energy. Uh, but that's that judging mind coming into the picture, that judging critical exactly. mind. That, that is the mind. source. Yeah. yeah. Just that tool that you ask for is feeling mm. our feelings. It's like there is a door to open and mm. Behind this door is that portal, that gate, that light. But what is really covering this is my fear of pain. Mm. If, I, if I dare to feel my pain, mm. the door is opened. Yeah. And the rest of that, we live 
in that dream that I have been envisioning for years, that we each personally have the opportunity in this lifetime to reveal the unfoldment of this truth within our own heart. And we all live and create together from the truth that we are. So, let's, that is what the universe is calling us mm. now, to be bold and courageous, to know that I am the awareness itself, in the form of this machine, this meat suit. <laughs> I'm here to experience myself in this vehicle, in this embodiment, because this gives me my unique personal experience and allow ourselves to go where we haven't gone before. Mm. That's what we have been asked for. This is our challenge. It is collective, but not really. We all have our own unique path. We have to choose to go there. It's uncomfortable. Mm. And one has to surrender to that uncomfort, to open this door to the infinity of our being. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we have to we have to choose also. I think to be in the place where we are right now and not be authentic to that place. So that then we can then choose to, you know, really feel that energy flood through us. Because if we're not feeling it and we kind of pretend we are, then mm. that's not authentic either. But we need to choose that. Okay, now I'm I'm feeling closed off. I'm feeling my heart is closed. But I I want I choose to to have that perception so that then we can choose to open our hearts we can choose to be flooded by emotion be feeling be aware be simple breathing yeah simple breathing mm. it would just bring the presence mm. of the energy life force running through us and because the source of it everything comes from the source mm. by that simple breathing the mind would slow down. Mm. Because before being aware of the breathing, the mind is using the whole source of our life force energy. But when we consciously breathe and put our focus on breathing with the intention to feel myself, to feel my heart, to feel and be centered and grounded in my body. And no, more, no matter how it looks like or feels like, create a safe space for ourselves to be able to go there. Mm. And it's usually, is a hard, harder, complicated actually, I would say, journey, when we want to go there by ourselves, 
mm. because the mind that brought us here would not be able to give us the space, that consciousness, would not provide the space for going beyond the mind. Mm. So the presence of another one, another being, who is aware of the process and has embodied that, it would be a gift mm. to have around and say, I am willing to do the work. Mm. And I know it is not the government, it is not that nation, it is not that religion. I have not explored the creative being that I am mm. yet. And this is, that's the calling, that's the calling now, my love. It's uh, it's the demonization of certain parties is really the alienation of ourselves. You know, it's the yes. alienating yes. ourselves. Yes. Yes. It's really yes. hiding that alienation. Yeah. Yeah, demonization is just is the dark energy that is source of the light. Yeah. Light only can be seen in the dark. Yeah. That's our source. Yeah. We have to go there. Yeah. We have to find. We have to find. First, we have to trust our own heart and the law of the universe. Setting an intention and trusting the one coming along that there is a message. You know, we all are the messenger for each other. Mm. We all are, are an aspect of that light. Mm. Just trusting ourselves first and what is outside of us. And be willing to go there mm. together. Just hold each other's hand. Mm. Thank you. This would make it easier for us as community, society, as a species. Yeah, I think the community is based on our individual members, and if all of us haven't gone through that process, if each individual light of light within that uh, tapestry is not really process this the scars and and the um, work done the work of that community then the community won't reflect the realizations of that process you know that process must be done that work must be done and that should be a joyful work I mean this is our lives these are what we're this is what we're trying to do with our life day to day moment by moment you know there is a need for awareness yeah to call that joyful yeah some of the time it is not. Yeah, yeah. It is not. But is what does it take? What kind of awareness we collectively as human beings do we not need to have and be that would allow us to willfully go into this sacred space? that I call my heart and and saying that I choose to go home and home is not the unseen but to be able to leave this unseen world this 
flow, free flow of energy here and be in the world from that place. We've been called for boldness in action to dive deep, each one of us, and come from that place and play together mm. to create. Yeah. And I think that uh, when we think about, you know, people think about radical acts, people think about radicalism, and the radical act really is take care of ourselves, to self-care, the radical act is to self-love, the radical act is to then let that ripple out towards our communities without forcing anything, but rather allowing the energy simply just flow out of us from that authentic place of self-love. I call it compassion, my dear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I call that to be compassionate with the self, with yeah. all the pain that is bubbling up here mm. and is seeking to flow, to be released, mm. to open the door yeah. to the lightness that we are. Thank you. So the tool, you asked in the beginning for the tool, and I didn't know how to answer that question. Yeah. I'm receiving it just by you asking the question, the answer is your compassionate heart. Mm. That's the treasure. That's the access to the world. Thank you. Of the source within us. Mm. Thank you, thank you. So, it's so mm. beautiful to be able to get to a point where we realize that, you know, we have to just take a moment, breathe in, breathe out, have the conscious choice of breathing, and have the conscious decision to live each day, each moment, that we're committed to the process. And feel yeah. ourselves. Yeah, and feel don't, ourselves. John, the tool is feeling. Yeah. And feeling ourselves, yeah. being compassionate with whatever we are experiencing. Thank because you. this is the energy of the source the desire of the creator that is flowing in the embodiment of its physicalness in 3D as human being. Thank you, thank you. So this is the Truth of Power Show on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, please consider you know, give, giving to Radio Free Brooklyn, radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Be, be generous with your donation because these are the times, these are the kind of conversations I think are important to have in this day and age. Uh, especially on September 11, 2020, uh, you know, to have that conversation about how can we open our heart up? How can we allow the energy to flow? And it's such a beautiful conversation with Dr. Nahid Mukhtari. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Okay.